WCB Podcast, your source for all things Chicago Blackhawks and everything hockey, with your host, Let's do it. Jerem and Tanner. I have to play a little too long. <laughs> oh, you're good. I'm just laughing at the fact that McDavid and Drysdale are just a plus three, and they lead the league in points. Both of them plus three. Edmonton, baby. Um, all right. Welcome to another edition of the WCV podcast. It's Jeremy. It's Tanner. What's up, bud? Nothing much, man. Just enjoying some Hawks W's. Kind of. I mean, it was we got one more. Week. We got yeah, we, we it was a streak. It, the the wins became a streak. We did have enough to kill it a streak, and then it came to a screeching, screeching halt in just one of the more of like what the fuck is going on moments against Seattle. Yeah. The the, the plane was flying high and then it went over Seattle and got shot the fuck down because <laughs> Dude, man. I, like I was telling you before we started recording, like I didn't get a chance to watch that game, but I'm like sitting here. I was like sitting there getting like the, the text from you guys about it. And then the notifications from the, from the hot app. I'm just like, what? Like you think the world was coming to an end the way you guys, you too were like, what is happening? Like you're, you're like, are you guys watching this game? Dot, dot, dot. What is happening? Like followed up. Like it was just so funny. Um, but yeah, so We'll jump into it real quick. Uh, we are at the halfway part, halfway mark for the Hawks season. So we're going to do a little bit of a, a recap there. We have um, Taves been sitting down with uh, NBC Sports Chicago talking about his future. So kind of want to touch on his comments a little bit. Then we will uh, transition to NHL talk again with uh, some more halfway mark, gives out some awards, some storylines, some surprises for us, and go through some hockey news. I said hockey really weird there, but okay. Yeah. All right, so first up, the Blackhawks took on the Colorado Avalanche. And uh, this was a game that I thought was going to be... I feel like this has been the theme for the year for the Hawks. They face these teams that should be doing better, that are struggling. Yes. And the Hawks come on their schedule, and you think that it was going to be... Okay, here's our time to turn our season around. The Stanley Cup DVD, you know, what was the moment that turned your season around? Kicking Chicago's ass. That's uh, never that's yeah. never the thing. It's usually like a hard fought win, not like a. But <laughs> this, like, this will be easy. But that's the kind of mentality you, I I've have going into these games, like against these teams that are struggling. And it's like here, okay, here it comes. This is gonna get bad because these teams are gonna destroy us. And it doesn't be. It hasn't been the case this year. Like I mean, it's. I feel like it's a different situation for whatever reason, facing the teams in the West that should be doing well. Like the teams in the East that are doing well, and you're like, oh, they're going to kick the shit out of us. And then they do. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you look at the teams in the West, that like you're like, oh, they probably beat us pretty badly here, and then they don't. Like there's a, there's a, I feel a huge gap between the top teams in the, in the West and the top teams in the East. And I just watching games like this, it just goes to show like whenever – I think the first game we were playing Boston, I was like, how many goals do they score against us today? Because they're insanely good. And then they put up like six. Like, yeah, that's, that makes sense. I thought we were going to a little bit more of a fight uh, out of Colorado Mm -hmm. than we did, but I mean, it was a close game. Uh, Three to two uh, Blackhawks came out with the win and gave a three game win streak. Uh, Sam Lafferty gets on the board first for the Hawks within the first five minutes of the game. And, 
that meant six consecutive games that the Blackhawks have scored first. Weird. Up until that point, they only scored first in six games in the, like out of the 34 other games that they played up to that point. Oh, really? They only scored first six times. So I don't know what was going on with them that, that week. It's that Lucas Reichel effect. I guess so. Um, Evan Rodriguez tied it up about halfway through McKinnon with another with his assist. He's just been on a mission since coming back off from injury. Um, second period, quick goals for the Hawks too. Second period, about a minute forty four in, uh, Anthony the CU gets the Hawks on the board, make it two to one, and then again halfway through the second period, Kale McCarr puts up the goal to tie it two to two. Um, Kale McCarr is back he especially his last game against boston like he's kind of like oh he's having not great of a season he's finding his game again he is oh, man. reminding how fucking good he is um and then the Maybe third solid third period taylor radish puts the hawks up three to two and then i forgot the time mark on colorado's goal that eventually got waved off for no for, for goaltender interference but this again, this this goal to me, I don't know. I don't know if you saw it, right? Or like you know the No, I I'm in the blackout area of Colorado. Oh, Did you see I anything get, about so, it or no? <laughs> I get blacked out for Arizona and Colorado. So I think it was McKinnon got pushed into Mrazic. And as he's going down, he goes into Mrazic. Mrazic turns and who on Colorado puts it in. They waved it off. Uh, I, I feel like I saw that it was like it was three to three briefly and that like yeah. Evan Rodriguez had scored. Evan Rodriguez. Okay, so Evan Rodriguez puts it in to, make, to tie it up. They eventually challenge it and overturn it at, for ruled it goaltender interference. But I don't know, like this continues the debate on what is goaltender interference? Because this was the situation was a Blackhawk pushing a Colorado Avalanche player into the Hawks goalie causing him to get pushed out of play mm-hmm. and there's a goal and it's like I just I don't I would love to know I would love to know like the the clear definition of the rule like what's goaltender interference what is it and it's like it's just it doesn't seem to ever change you're always questioning yeah, yeah. it's like I feel like they never put into the fact like how did the guy get in like hit the goalie, like as like part of the thing that's like, uh, did he hit the goalie? Yeah. Did he mean to? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's a weird flip the coin kind of thing. I was always uh, yeah, I was just I was always under the impression that if the defensive team pushes the player into their own goalie, it's fair play. Yeah, that's why I that would make so much I'm sense. Sorry. Otherwise, like you just have guys shoving players into the goalie a whole time it's the i don't know it's weird it's what i'm trying to figure out right now too is i'm looking at like the stats of the game and it has three stars of the game like peter morazic that makes sense because he had 31 saves on 33 shots sam lafferty okay i guess because he scored first he only had one point but then jake mccabe is a is one of the stars and if they're in order he's at top so he is he number one star he was no points and a minus two (laughs) <laughs> one shot on goal, five hits, five blocks, 20 minutes, nine seconds of ice time, four minutes and four seconds of shorthanded ice time. I'm just like, 
I didn't get to watch the game. So like, was Jake McCabe like just stellar out there? And I... but for whatever reason, he also got sc- he was on the ice for both goals against. And like, but it's still like he still deserved a star of the game. I couldn't tell you. I could not remember why he would have even been considered for a star. Maybe they're trying. I I also heard that they're trying. There's a group of people trying to get Jake McCabe to go to the All Star game. Amazing. Deserves he's it. A, he's like, I mean, he's the only plus player on the Hawks. I don't know if it, that's true still, but he was. No, he still is. I think he's a plus four right now. That's yeah. That's also really surprising considering the the Seattle game. Yeah. So Hawks won that game three to two. Um. Like we said, McKay, uh, Mrazek played played pretty good. It was his first start in three games since kind of Stalock just kind of ran with it. The net mm-hmm. and all that. He uh, stopped 31 of 33, 939 save percentage. Uh, it was five for five on the power play or penalty kill. Um, no power play goal score this game. Both teams go big goose egg. Which is so wild to me that like Colorado doesn't score on the power play. Like that should just be an automatic goal. Yeah, it's basically like I their power play. I feel like should be on the same level as like McDavid and Drysaddle on in Edmonton, hundred percent. Um, so yeah, then you go into Saturday, and it was one of those games, man. Something's got to give. You had the Seattle Kraken on a seven game winning streak. You had the Blackhawks three game winning streak. Two Goliaths of this league right now. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. Seattle finishing up their seven game road streak in Chicago. And they yeah. just won six games on the road in a row. They come off of sweeping or not sweeping, shutting out the league best Boston Bruins three nothing, which not many teams have have done this year. And I mean, Boston hasn't even lost at home. And uh, them was that their first home that was, loss? That'd be the first, I think, home loss in regulation. In regulation, yeah, yeah. So Seattle is no joke. And I was clicking, man. I missed this game. Oh. So you apparently I, missed a lot. I missed parts of it because I turned it on and I had gotten the notification that the um the the the, the fucking Kraken had scored. So I was like, oh shit, yeah, the game's on. Okay, let me turn it on. And as I turned it on, the Hawks scored. And I was like, okay, one one, nice and easy. Um. I turned it off for about 10 minutes and then came back and it was three to one. And I was like, Oh, interesting. What the hell is happening? <laughs> and that's when I messaged, messaged our group, like, Hey, what's going on? Like in the game. And as soon as I said that they scored a fourth goal and I was like, what is fucking happening? Because that's <laughs> four goals on five shots. The Hawks end up pulling Mrazic and Stalock comes in and, and people like to be like, oh, like it's tough because he's cold. He's he sat out for half a period. I don't know. Like <laughs> he had warm like, ups. He was good to go. Yeah, it's not like he's coming in like in the third start of the third or something. Yeah. First shot on net against Stalock goes in. And I'm just like, there's no way this is happening. Seventh shot of the period, six goal, <laughs> the very next one. And I'm just like, this is a joke, right? Like they they can't, they couldn't do anything. Like he was just, <laughs> it was just the weirdest, the weirdest situation I've ever seen in my life. And then of course, like 
I was like, I know the first, the second he makes a save, the stadium's gonna go crazy. And of course they did. Yeah. Because like that's that's what fans do to be assholes. That's our Stanley Cup right there. We made a save. Let's go. Yeah, right. <laughs> Can you imagine being a Montreal Canadiens fan and that happening and your goalie <laughs> is Carey Price or Patrick Waugh? Well, actually, on Reddit, or I forgot where I was reading it, somebody was, like, showing the video of the standing ovation after Stalock made the save, and somebody, I think was in Montreal, he goes, yeah, I'm from Montreal. I go, I don't see anything weird about this. <laughs> it's, like, such a, a dick thing to do. <laughs> Your own goalie. Also, the team's not good, but, like, the, the guy that you're cheering for making a save is the only one that's been playing. It like, has, like, most of the wins on the team. Has eight <laughs> of the 11 wins on this team. So fucking weird. Just, I mean, I don't know what was happening for, like, the first three goals, but, like, the Burakovsky goal, like, I could not blame Mrazek for that because he just got, he got fed the puck, like, in tight and just roofed it. And it was just like, okay, like, that's that's nasty. I mean, Tolvanen, for whatever reason, Nashville put him on waivers, Seattle picked him up, and he's basically, I think, just under a point per game in Seattle right he now. Dave Cole talking about that. He goes, if this ends up being he, like his, he ends up having an amazing career. He goes, or something. I forgot what he, the exact terminology he used, but he's like, mm-hmm. that's on me. me. That's yeah, on me. That's on me. He's got, he's got seven points in nine games in Seattle right now. Um, I it's it's weird. Like ever since they is it ever since they picked him up, they haven't lost a game. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, not, not picked him up. Not picked him up. Sorry. Ever since planning. he started playing, yeah, because I was saying he's he been was in the lineup. playing for a little bit. Yeah, true. That's yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. And then Jared McCann, which I just found out has like the highest shooting percentage in the league right now. Like for eligible like players, he's got twenty seven point eight shooting percentage. <laughs> it's it's so funny to me, um, like sometimes when. Like, you know, like, watching this game and seeing, like, Jared McCann gets, like, a hat trick. He leads the team in Seattle with, like, 22, 23 goals or something. I think that was his 20. Yeah, 22 goals. And and then, like, I'll, like, look through social media and see, like, you know, like, people's quotes on, like, random shit and stuff. And it's like, oh, Jared McCann having a breakout season, like, for Seattle. Like, he's on pace for 44 goals right now. It's like, I mean... It's not like he's scoring like a goal a game, right? Or like every other game. It's like he get he just got three, like he's a little streaky. The also this was like an eight goal fucking game. This is like a nineteen eighties game. Yes. Like there's like no one playing defense. Goalies can't the, make a save. The fact that they only lost by three, right, is insanity to me. Um, I think the big key they won the second period, man, one nothing. Yeah, and I think that was probably the highlight of the game was Isaac Phillips' first career goal. Hey, yeah, bud. He is looking so comfortable. And the it was weird. I, like, I was just watching that part of the game, and then, like, I see him get the breakout going in the defensive zone, and he takes off up the ice. And I was like, oh, shit, he's about to, he's about to get this back and fucking do something. Calls for it from Jason Dickinson, he feeds him just past it. And he, he's like in between the hash marks, like basically same level as the defenseman. Like he just blew past everybody yeah. and just fucking throws a backhand far side. And I was just like, oh, okay. 
Isaac Phillips, you got this. <laughs> you can do this. <laughs> he had. So I'm uh, all. I'm all about it. He had the second most ice time to that game. Did he really? Yeah, 19 minutes and 39 seconds. That was behind uh, Seth Jones's 23:43. He was only a minus one as well. Jake McCabe was an even player in an eight goal game. I. And you know what's even even more impressive about that too is like. The Hawks hit the Hawks went two for two on the power play. So there's only a, three chances to be a plus. Connor Murphy and Jack Johnson minus four for that game. <laughs> well, you know what else is crazy too? Uh, Adam Larson plus seven. Vince Dunn plus six. Jesus, do you think do you think they found a matchup that they liked? <laughs> what was going on there? They were both plus six through that first period, I think. Yeah, I picked up Vince Dunn in my fantasy league, and I'm, and I was a plus six at the end of the night. <laughs> I was like, okay, thanks, Vince. God, that's insanity. Yeah, but yeah, that's pretty much how that game. I mean, Dome gets another goal his power on the power play. Taylor Radish got his another goal on the power play. Kane scores with 15 seconds left. So maybe we don't trade Kane. I mean, we're three and zero without him, and then he comes back, and they they get their dicks kicked in. So maybe Kane isn't the. I mean, maybe Kane is the. I don't know what's the solution. The problem. I don't know. I'm maybe Kane's the problem that we need. <laughs> problem we need. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking. You know what's going to have to happen if we do trade Kane? The best opportunity to do that is to take a take a player back. And just fill that roster spot rather than bringing Lucas Reichel up. 100%. Instead of instead of like trading Kane for just picks, purely picks. Yeah. Kane for picks and someone that that fills a roster spot for the end of the rest of the season. And yeah, right. That way, like Reichel doesn't come up, and we don't have like a really good chance at winning games. They're three and zero with Reichel in the lineup. They sent him down to make room for Kane, and then they go zero and one. Oh, three and one with Reichel in the lineup. I was talking about his last stint. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Specify that. Well, sorry. The last. I, did he only play three games? I thought he played four. Yeah, he got no. He got sent. He played. Oh, game okay. Against uh, Arizona. Arizona. Okay. And he got sent down before the. I think I, I think it was a Friday, Thursday or Friday. He got sent down. Okay. After Col- whatever the Colorado game after the Colorado game, he got sent down. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's just yeah. What a what a wild game that is though. And you want to talk about it how the team viewed this game coach Richardson said that he didn't even bother showing tape from this game because he wants it so far out of everybody's mind. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, what are you going to learn? Like there was, there was, I don't know if it was defensive breakdowns or just getting caught flat footed. Like the first goal that stayed, I don't know if it was the first or if it was the second one that he let in, but it just like trickled through his five hole. It's just like, you see him just go like, oh, this it's just one of these days. Yeah. That like you can get 90% of the puck and it's gonna go in somehow. Um, I mean, after the fucking goal bonanza of six in seven, they finished the rest of the game pretty okay. Yeah. <laughs> they they got within what three, they gave up two kind of quick ones. Um, but then they scored two more. I don't know, man. Like they still put up five goals. Boston didn't score the day before or something like, yeah. or the previous game against them. So we're better. We're better than Boston. Let's that's go. true. true. <laughs> we both lost, but we scored more goals. So therefore we are better. 
So, all right. So looking at this week. Oh, also uh, that was that was the that was their seventh um of seven wins on oh, the yeah. road. And first time in NHL history to sweep a seven game road road trip. That's that's stupid. That just is talk talk about stupid. Seattle for a second. Like they just delayed their Vegas season by a year, basically, where they are now having guys like perform like way better than they were expected. This is exactly what Vegas had like in their first year where it's just like guys having career years, but they're just clicking so well. It's it's just snapped their eight game winning streak yesterday too against Tampa. Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. Four to one, but they're still now they're second place in the Pacific. Yeah. And like, what was it? Two weeks ago, they were sitting outside. Yeah. The sitting playoffs. Outside. No, like there, it's like, that's just right there. Proof that how tight this the west is mm-hmm. is like you were one like one week two weeks away of good hockey from being back in the playoff contention yeah like it's insanity well yeah they just went on a heater and fucking brought themselves back in they're technically tied oh no because they got three games in hand on la and point percent mm-hmm. and all that but still eight and two in their last ten Jesus yep Vegas and Seattle the top of the Pacific man expansion hockey Hey, that's why they got the Winter Classic next year. Yeah, right. I'm I'm actually really pumped for that one. If they if they do legit form like a rivalry, that'd be kind of insane. Yeah, I was surprised that they didn't go Seattle, Vancouver, but I guess they rather have two decent teams, and then Vancouver in that shit show right now. I mean, they don't really ever put like Canadian teams in the Winter Classic. That's true. Montreal, I think, was the only one against Boston, D- Detroit, Detroit. What no, did they? No, it was Toronto versus Detroit. Yes. Oh, yeah, they did have Ann Yeah, because they had those. They both they had the blue and red jerseys. They, it was like sick. I don't know why they don't do more color matchups like that. But I don't know. Uh, three stars of the week for those two games. I think the obvious one, number one star, Isaac Phillips, first career goal. Oh yeah, he had a goal and an assist. Yep. Um. Then the two players I have here. We'll see if you agree or disagree, and you can tell me if you agree with the order. I have second star. Taylor Radish, who went two goals, two assists for four points, led the team in points that over those two games. And then I had wait, did he have two goals against Colorado? Thanks. No, he had one. He had one. He had one. Okay, sorry. He had one. I I didn't see that he scored the fourth against uh, Seattle. Yeah. And then um, I have Taves, who had one goal, two assists, and three points. Good for like second, tied for second on the team. Yeah. Why not? All right. Uh, Jared McCann. Like, he had a great game. <laughs> Three goals. Uh, speaking of Jonathan Taves, so he was sitting there talking with NBC Sports Chicago, um, just talking about the season and how he sees the future. And the harsh reality is setting in. Um, so here's what his quote is. There's a part of myself that still doesn't really want to admit the situation, also wants to continue being a Blackhawk, finish my career here. But at the same time, there's part of me that sees the right in the wall and sees this team, this organization is trying to hit the reset button. And that may be a change for everybody is not such a bad thing. And that goes for myself as well. Uh, for myself, it's just a kind of a sticky situation, a tricky situation. The last year of my contract, I haven't played my best hockey in some time. So I'm not sure the opportunities or what's going to come knocking. But there's no doubt in my mind. Again, I'm focused on my game, trying to improve every single day and trying to enjoy playing the game being a Blackhawk as long as I can for however long that is while it still lasts. First off, ugh, breaks the heart because 
Taze and Kane were built up to be the Nets' Stan Mikita, like the lifelong Blackhawk. When you think Blackhawk, you're going to think Stan Mikita, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze. Mm-hmm. And now, oof. I mean, yeah, okay. it, it's all right. It sucks, but I mean, dreams are dreams for a reason. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's kind of a bummer, though, that it's like, it made you play the what if game, kind of. Mm-hmm. Because you look at teams like Washington and Pittsburgh that yeah. have been able to keep Ovechkin his entire career. Crosby, Malkin, Crystal right, Tank, their entire career. Here's the thing, though, too. If, let's say the Hawks don't win the three Stanley Cups, but they stay real competitive all those years, Kane and Taze, do you think they get $10.5 million contracts? So this kind of goes into my what if it's my kind of is like, what if, and this is going to go anti Bowman again for me, but it's like, what if you had a GM who was more competent in what he was doing yeah, and didn't give out massive contracts with full no movement clauses just because he was being loyal to, right. to players. Right. What if, you had a, I mean, I don't think this was Talon maybe at the time, but what if you had a GM that actually qualified his RFAs in Dustin Bufflin and <laughs> like didn't have to give him like a crazy contract that it wasn't unnecessary? Well, that was allegedly Bowman's doing that he fucked was up the work on that. That paperwork wasn't wasn't filed. <laughs> like, yeah, like I don't know, I don't know that how what level of truth that is, but that's like one of those rumors going around that it's like at the end of talent's tenure because of that fuck up and the fuck up came down to the assistant gm who was sam bowman so like that's i don't know how much truth is to that but it's like it just it sucks because it's like you watch other teams that are able to grant it yeah Taves and kane probably shouldn't have gotten 10 and a half but no no i think that they like they deserve it no yeah just i just don't know it's it's that's what I'm saying with like the Crosby and Ovechkin situation is like at the time that they got those contracts, those two guys Ovechkin hadn't won a, a Stanley Cup and right. Crosby only had one, so like if there was the opportunity to give somebody a really big contract, you give the two guys that won three cups together a big contract. Fair. And then once Ovechkin and Crosby already have like their lifelong fucking deals, which are kind of team friendly towards the end of them because it's eight point seven and like nine. Yeah, like you're able to still build a complete roster around them because like they're still tr- they're still able to like fit more pieces in, to, like win those cups that came after the Hawks 2015 cup. The Seabrook contract alone, mm-hmm. I wonder how differently things played out if he didn't if that contract ever gets signed. Right, I feel like not only that but like other moves of like keeping Saad instead of trading him to Columbus and then also keeping Panarin instead of trading him for Saad, like things like that. <laughs> See, I, I think, I think the Panarin though one, like I still, people get pissed about that one. I still understand that one. There was right. no way you were going to have three players making 10 plus million, but he wasn't, but I'm saying though, his contract was coming up though to resign. He spent like two or three years in, in Columbus. Uh, let's see here. 
maybe i'm just missing it was it was it was like it was uh sod had like just a longer term for like the same price and they had already provenly won with him rangers that's what i'm like who am i looking for right now rangers (laughs) yeah man it was panarin had like a like a six million dollar contract or some shit all right, so his entry level is eight, 812.5 thousand. For like two years, right? Yeah, so then in the 1718, he signed a two year deal. Two year deal at six million. And then 1819. Oh, yeah, so. So he. But still, even. Was it 20? So he signed. This is the this is also what's insane to me is that he signed the extension mid season um, with Bowman in twenty sixteen. They they, they they crumbled in the playoffs and he fucking traded him <laughs> because Saad had a six million dollar deal. What because four Bowman, years? Bowman. Had, oh my god! I it was, it was I, this is what I'm telling you. We had Panarin at six million, and we traded him for Sod at six million. But Sod had a four years on his contract left versus Panarin's two. We could have, we could have had Panarin for two extra years, and that would have been just insane. If Panarin even leaves after that, like that's understandable because he's making yeah. close to twelve. But there was two more years I mean, I of like that that window. Was Columbus like an essential with Columbus? I totally missed that. That's fucked. Yeah. The I mean, it sucked. Yeah. And the thing that's kind of funny about it too now is like in that, a part of that trade too was Tyler Mott. And Tyler Mott is kind of like one of those guys that a lot of teams look for. Who's like a, a third line guy that can play second line minutes every once in a while. Yeah. Like he undervalued a lot of younger players that weren't like first rounders. And then he also got rid of a lot of first rounders for guys he overvalued. <laughs> like trading Philip Deneau for like Dale Weiss and Thomas Fleischman. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All this to say it sucks. Like you you play the what if game on all this and Realistically, we should be talking about the next contract that these guys are signing that is probably going to be the last one for their career. Maybe unless they do unless they do that Joe Thornton, Patty Marlowe thing, where it's like, yeah, man, one year deals every year. Do I, I honestly could see Kane just playing like six more years at least? Oh yeah, Kane, I can see. Taves, I do you think he say he goes plays for like say Winnipeg or something for a couple seasons? Do you? Can, think I I can see him signing like a three or four year deal. Do you think he signs, comes out, plays a one-year deal with Chicago, or does he do like a one-day contract kind of thing with Tyra Hawk? I'd say depending on where the Hawks are sitting. Um, If the Hawks are in like, this is the, we're like, we're in development mode rather than like rebuild. Like we have the guy, we have the pieces that we want. I could see them signing Taves and being like, this is the guy that is going to show our young guys like what it's like at that age to like, grow into like a team that's going to be competing really soon. Oh, bring them back for the first year that they're going to be competitive again and have him play third line center. Yeah. I don't know why, but like for some reason it, 
it would it makes me think of like Dave Andrichuk on like the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. When they when they won the cup. Yeah. I'm, like that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so it's it kind of sucks. And now that we're at that halfway mark, you usually take like rumors with like a grain of salt, but now it's got to kind of be like, oh, well, there's smoke, there's fire kind of thing. You got to take all these rumors a little bit more seriously. Obviously, there's going to be ridiculous ones out there. It's been nothing but rumors since preseason, you know, like since since the draft. It's always the same shit. And the other thing, too, seriously. Well, the the other thing, too, about the Taze comments, it's like, of course, he's saying this. It's not anything I think that's new. It's stuff that he's kind of rehashed over the last year and it's just you keep he keeps getting asked this like on a weekly basis it's just i'm sure he's fucking exhausted of it like a part of me if i was in his like shoes i'd be like yes just trade me so i can just stop hearing about this fucking shit like like, i just want to play hockey i want to play competitive hockey like that's all i want to do like i understand the team wants to lose i love chicago i don't really want to lose but I, i like being here and i like being a part of the organization I also just don't want to fucking talk about this anymore. <laughs> this was probably the best, like, thought out way he's talked because the t- ones before when he would talk about this, it was like, I don't know what, like, I was going to say, but I don't know what the fuck they're doing kind of thing. Like, you're trading Hagel, you're trading, like, you know, he seemed very angry and all this kind of stuff. This is more like, okay, he's come to terms that. Yeah, I don't think, I think he maybe is like overvaluing what he can do on the ice currently. Because it's like you, I could see him saying like, oh, how would you trade these kind of guys? If you picture yourself as somebody that is like these pieces away that you just traded from like making the playoffs. Right. You know? Yeah. But like, if he doesn't see that, like, he's not the same Taves of like 2013, who's like just the most dominant center in the league. Like, you got to kind of look at yourself and be like, yeah, maybe like, I am not two or like one line mate like one hosa away from like leading this team to the playoffs all right one last thing about this and then we'll go if say he doesn't get traded at the deadline and they have intentions of resigning him what what do you want that contract to look like three years three years for taze yeah over under five mil uh i mean because the hawks don't have let me see what their cap is going to look like. Cause they have like, they have a handful of guys that are signed for next season, but those guys also might be getting traded like Sam Lafferty, Jason Dickinson, I think has shown some decent value. Um, Colin Blackwell. I like Colin Blackwell. Tyler Johnson is probably, I don't know if he's going to be movable. I mean, unless 50% retained, he'll play he's a year somewhere else. Two contracts, right? Or is that just NHL, the game? No, I think that's true. Um, next amount. The other thing too about next year is Duncan Keith is only going to hit us for just under two million versus five and a half. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of cap. I, I mean, three years at six mil, but I still think that's kind of overvalued. But I would say three years. Fair? I would say like five, five point five. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm thinking. But like, if you have the cap and you have the money to spend, just six (laughs) just to get to that cap floor pretty much like i i don't think you're in danger of like not being able to utilize your cap space as like a trade weapon if you give taves like six million right 
the other thing though too is like if you want to also sign Kane, I don't think you need to do the whole like hey matching deals kind of right. thing. Like you're oh, not you twins. definitely you give <laughs> Kane what he deserves type of thing. Like I don't see Kane still making under ten million. If he wants to stay in Chicago, he's gonna have to. <laughs> I don't think so. At least so. Instead of twenty one million between the two of them, if you make it like sixteen, sixteen seventeen. I think that's that's fine. Well, yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking about this every week until March 3rd anyway, so. I'm just hoping that I would – I just really would love to see them stay as Hawks even after they get traded or, like, come back. Right. It's just it's going to be weird. It's going to be so fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine seeing, like, Jonathan Taves in, like, a Boston Bruins jersey? Just wearing black and yellow instead of like red and <laughs> red, black and white. God, I don't want this. I don't want that. Bergeron and Taves on the same team would be, be disgusting. Still, yeah. God damn, right up the middle there. But, but yeah, I can see. I see. I can see Winnipeg though, just because of their playoff position right now, and like that would just solidify their center core like so much. We talked about before. It's like you. A lot of these teams that are going to trade for Taves. They're going to put him at like a second or third line. Like they're not, he's not going to be a top center. I think yeah. if you can put him at a third line position, give him third line minutes where he, you give him all the defensive face offs. Like yeah. you give him all the really important face offs that you need to win and he fucking wins them. And you're going to be in a much better place, especially when you have the wingers like fucking, uh, like Ellers. And like Kyle Connor, like you don't have to exactly switch the lines up, but if you win a face off and those guys are the are the ones that are gonna be taking the puck, like keep face off and out. Like that's all you have to do. He he's he's dangerous. Like he is still a dangerous player in the right situation. Mm-hmm. And that's, oh, yeah. you just gotta utilize him that way. Um, but all right, let's wrap up Hawks talk here. We are halfway home to the end of the season. Lord help us. We are <laughs> we are struggling along here. Uh Hawks are currently 11-26 and 4 going into tonight's game against Buffalo. Uh that record will have obviously have changed once this comes out. Currently they sit tied for their 10th worst in goals against uh with oh shit I had it right here. They've given up 154 goals. They are tied with Columbus for 31st in the league on the worst goal differential at minus 60. And they are the only team in the NHL who has yet to score a hundred goals this season. And they have only put up 94, which is not a surprise. If you've been following this team this year, have they have struggled offensively and have had no problem letting putts into the net. So going into the halfway mark of the season, Tanner, any surprises for you yeah. on the year? Good yeah. or bad, I guess. Oh, I was going to say, like, my biggest surprise has been Staylock. Yes. Um, yeah, I think he's just been <laughs> – it's it's crazy that, like, out of the games he's started, he's got six wins. So he's got, like, a 500% winning percentage, which is just so funny to me um, on a team that's not doing well. Like goaltending in general has been a pleasant surprise. Um, like obviously we're losing games, but like you said, we don't score. 
And so it's not like we're just in these like huge battles of like losing game on like the Seattle one that we just talked about. Like we're not losing games like eight to five normally. It's usually like about three, two, three, four to one, something like that. And we're usually getting outshot by a fuckload. So like the goalies have been pretty solid, staying strong. Um, which has been, like I said, pleasant surprise. Cause I, I think we were expecting like, Oh, like we're getting Mrazic, like we're going to get blown the hell out. Like Stalock hasn't really played much in the last few years. Blown, Stalock didn't even know if he was ever going to play again because of complications from COVID. Like I'm, I'm loving like, Stalock. <laughs> he's a psycho. He's a psychopath in all the right ways. Like you got um, Pinnington and then you got Stalock, like the two and looking at his numbers really quick. I pulled it up. He's six, six and one. So he's got a yeah. 500 record essentially. Yep. He a 918 save percentage and a 270 goals against average. That's fucking insane. On a, on a last place team. For really, how really good. bad this team is. That's that's nuts. That's the numbers he's putting up. Some other some pleasant surprises, I think. Uh Jared Tenorti, I think, has been one of the more pleasant surprises on the defensive end. He hasn't played that much, or he hasn't played recently because he's been injured. But like when he was out there, I think his max games played in the NHL was like 70 before this season. Um no, no, that was way lower. It was well, no, no, no. Like in a season, it's twenty eight in Nashville. I think, but his total games played is like just over. It was like just over a hundred, and he's played twenty five this year. And I think him being a huge presence on the back end was really good. Um, until obviously he got injured, but doubling his career goal total this year. Um, I just didn't think he was just. It was just really cool to see that as like a waiver pickup that we had like at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, Max Domi has had a stellar year so far. That's, I think that was my that's my number one right there. So like quietly, Taylor Radish is just he's just scoring. <laughs> like I don't know what it is. He's just I, he doesn't he's not flashy. He's just he's just a finisher. He just gets in front and finishes. That's it. So that's always been good. And then I think. Uh, even though it was very brief, the like Reichel and Kurashev connection, I'm excited to see more of. Hopefully, so I'm gonna take a different approach. I think Kurashev only has like a year on his contract currently. Yeah, I'm gonna take a different approach too with like a surprise for this. I I'm pleasantly surprised with the way Kyle Davidson has stuck to his guns about letting these players develop. He could have easily yeah. had Reichel up numerous yep. times this year. They actually um interviewed Davidson. I forgot about that um in the seattle game they showed like a like why he like what was the reason behind sending reichel back down and he was like this there's a a a development plan a roadmap for him and right now like we were able to give him that opportunity of those top six minutes with kane being out but like you know with kane coming back that's that's not part of the plan at this moment and he knows that it's difficult for him to like kind of a like be a part of this roadmap development plan. Cause like, obviously he wants to be in the NHL and he was saying, he's like, we have plenty of guys in that AHL team that like could probably play a lot of minutes in the NHL, but that's not part of the plan right now. Yeah. Like they're going to, they're doing what they're doing in the AHL. They're in a playoff spot right now. Like that team is killing it. And so he's, he was just like, this is, this is what's going to happen though. Like he, he obviously looks like he can play in the NHL, but that's not what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> If you can't, yeah, <laughs> you can't guarantee him top six minutes. He's a top six type of player. Yeah, he's not going to do well in the bottom six, and it's just it's a nice 
change of pace and it was kind of a nice like step back like oh okay we don't have oh, another bowman on our we're hands not, we're not rushing adam both exactly. up into the lineup because we need an offensive defenseman to produce we're not we're not putting kirby dock in immediately because he's the most nhl ready prospect that we have and it's just yeah you're, dude like take the time him, you're letting him develop you're giving him his taste the kid's 20 years old yep. he has got plenty of time to make a difference in this league and for this team and just the fact that they're sticking to their gun just makes me so pleasantly surprised. Cause like I said, up until the fact that he proved me wrong, Kyle Davidson was a Stan Bowman guy. He, he learned to understand he, he, that was the guy who gave him his opportunity and all this kind of stuff. So now that opportunities have come up where Stan would go and do go one path. And now Davidson's going the other way. It's, it makes you breathe a little bit easier knowing that, you know what, the mistakes we made in the past in the organization are are not going to hopefully be the mistakes we make in the future. And that these kids are going to have the chance to become a better player, better player and NHL ready and, and make a difference when they're supposed to. I'm just thinking about waiting until the off season when it's like, all of a sudden <laughs> guys are trying to shed cap. We're like, yo, give us your Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah. Tyler Johnson. Like that's, the different. Off season. that's yeah. different. That's a different situation. That's we're taking on cap and we're going to get more out of it too. You know what I'm saying? That's like so we're going to get picks out yeah. of that prospects and all that kind of stuff. I just, now, yeah. If we get Bedard and then all of a sudden he's like hundred or 10 million to this guy, 10 million to this guy, let's go. And then I'm going to be like, okay, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, let's pump if, the brakes. If, if the, here's the thing though, if we get Bedard and he starts making deals and all of them are three years or less great. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> because, because as soon as Bedard's deal is coming up, then it's like, yeah, we better make sure we have the cap space to actually have this team ready. <laughs> yeah. Cause you gotta, you're just buying time right now for the Nazar, the, the Korchinski, Mastros, yeah. like you, that's you're just you're buying time at this point. Yeah, you're, you're letting them develop so that core is ready. But um, yeah, you, that's not even necessary at this point, too. Right. Uh, man, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> it was the other thing too was uh, during like the intermissions. I think like Colby Cohen was actually bringing it up. It was he, like just to hammer the point of Kyle Davidson doing the right thing. It's like even on those nights that Reichel was playing really well in the NHL, he was only playing 14 minutes a night. Versus in the AHL, they were, they were like, yeah, he just played 20 minutes like the night before. Like he he's not getting 20 minutes of ice time in the NHL. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter that he's playing well. It's like that's not going to be something that they're going to do for him at this moment. Plus, it it wouldn't make sense for him to play 20 minutes in the NHL and like possibly risk getting hurt. You know, right on a um, team that's going to be not competing. Through through the four games that he played this season so far, he's averaged 14 minutes and 28 seconds of ice time. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that's good for for short spurts, but yeah, for good development, uh, you need to be until you're able to do like the what like 16 to to 20 minutes, give or take. That's probably until you can offer that. You got to just keep him down. Yeah. Um, MVP for the Hawks so far. In your opinion, I know it's kind of hard, but it's hard not to just say Kane um, or Domi. I guess there really isn't like anything too crazy. Um, Reese Johnson, just heart and soul <laughs> guy. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, like Stalock was hurt for a long time. It's probably just Kane. 
because like he still does like Kane things. It's hard to not be like, yeah, he's clearly still the best player. Um, I was gonna say for you, like, who do you think is the biggest disappointment? But first, who um, do you think is the, your MVP? So I was just get, I was gonna probably give it to uh Staylock. MVP. Okay. Yeah, just because I mean, we have eleven wins and he's got six of them. Yeah, like this is he is making this. He's entertaining. He's make keeping these games close. They're how many games we've talked about this year that this team had no business being in and and it stayed close because of him. Mm-hmm. I feel like he he's he's got to be the be the MVP. Yeah, um, I would say dis- that's that's a good call. Disappointment. I'm gonna say it. Seth Jones is one up there for me. Yeah. I being a Seth Jones like we were all for this team getting Seth Jones and we wanted Seth Jones and we stood by Seth Jones and he's just, I don't know what it is. It's just, he cannot, I don't know if it's just, it's not, the team isn't built for him to succeed and and do great stuff or be the defenseman that he could potentially be that I think he has potential to be like, is he a guy that needs to be on a very good hockey team? Yeah, I don't know. Can't be relied on. Like the team, he he's not the guy that you want to lean on. Basically, I don't think so. Yeah, he's a secondary act. I think if there was if there was somebody that you could that was basically his complete opposite on his defensive pairing that (laughs) covered all the faults, I'm sure he would shine. Like it's one of those things where like he's kind of asked to do everything. He, He plays lots of minutes, you know, and he's not able to kind of do his best at what he is best at, you know, because he has to kind of do everything. If there was somebody to compliment him and like pick up the slack for like the things that he doesn't do as great. And he could just focus on the things that he does amazingly. I'm sure he would look a lot better, but like this team doesn't have that. Right. And it just blows my mind that he's been playing with McCabe a lot this year. And McCabe is still a plus four. Yeah. That's because they give up shorthanded goals. True. Um, Biggest disappointment, I mean, Caleb Jones, I think, is just not, <laughs> not the guy, dude. The thing is, like, the thing about him is, like, there's times where I was like, oh, yeah, hey, like, he's looking really good, looking really good. And then there's a lot of, like, more recent times where I'm just like, he's trying to do things that he can't do. <laughs> yeah. And then he's also just caught standing and watching the play, like, in his defensive zone. This and- is perfect example of hey i can come but i need to bring my brother too if if he can come i can come but if if my brother can't come along i can't i can't do it mackenzie at whistle also i don't even know when he plays he's played 35 games i have no idea i don't even know when he is on the ice boris Boris is is noticeable because he turns the puck over (laughs) (laughs) but and like he also crashes the boards in like the corners but like Mackenzie Emmels have played has played 35 games. I could not tell you what he's done at any point, like notably well or notably bad. Like I'm shocked he's got five points. Yeah, exactly. We were we were saying this before we started recording. Like we were talking about players because we were talking about Ben Eager and how he got traded for was it Vanderbush we traded or something. Vandermeer. 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 And we're like, oh man, I completely forgot he was on the Hawks. And 
you could from that time from like early 2000s to like mid 2000s you could tell me anybody played for the Hawks and I would believe you because I have couldn't tell you like really who was on that team and you right. said you're that wasn't cool. that wasn't the core and then yeah. I mentioned that is where we are currently yes. <laughs> because you're gonna look at like what guys were on the Hawks six years from now for this year and you're gonna be like oh yeah I forgot we had fucking Caleb Jones Oh yeah, shit! I forgot we had Athanasia. Athanasia. Cara, I we even had Kara. I just looked that he just popped up there. I forgot he was on this team. I liked you, Char Kara, though. I do like him. I keep, forgetting we have, I keep forgetting we have. I keep forgetting we have Tyler Johnson a lot. <laughs> well, Tyler Johnson's like hurt most of the time. True, but he at least like does has an impact offensively. He has ten points in eighteen games. That's pretty fucking good <laughs> for this team. That's like point deficient. But yeah, I don't know. Um, clearly, I was gonna say, what do you expect going forward? But I think it's a clear cut sign that it's gonna get a lot worse because once this team gets gets traded, oh yeah, oh anybody that can be traded will be traded. You know it. And... Anybody that has any value, like I'm sure, like if you if somebody's like, hey, I'll give you like a six, yeah, okay, <laughs> like, like that's great. Sounds good. You know, do you want to give me a bad contract and turn that sixth into a fourth? Like, great. Do it. Like, gamble as much as you want on this draft because this draft has been touted as one of the deepest ones. This is so uh, what? With, with how, how highly sought after, like, the guys at the top are and even the first round, you're telling me that there's not going to be, like, some fucking gems that are just being overlooked in the later rounds, too? Like, this draft is going to be probably sick. Are you telling me that this is going to be the the 2003 draft of the future? Hey, what happened in the uh, it's the 2023 draft? So it's just 20 years later. <laughs> That's all it is, it, and it's the same thing. Like, who was on the Hawks in 2000 in 2003? Barker, Cam Barker. It was Andreas Athanasio, equivalent. <laughs> so I'm sure there was like if you could tell me anybody on the Hawks at that point, like. Great. Yeah, I'm not still on that team. He might have been. It might have been last year. Yeah, oh three, oh four. Yeah, I don't know. It's the same. It's the same shit. It's gonna be a bunch of guys that are gonna be on the move, not gonna be here two, three years down the road. And all right, I'm gonna pull this. I want to now. I know we're kind of going long, and we got some things going here with NHL talk, but I want to pull up this roster, and I just want to see if you can name. Five two thousand is it the two thousand two two thousand three team oh three oh four team oh oh three oh four so this would be like next year's twenty twenty year anniversary yeah team. so following up the following up like the draft oh I mean I know Seabrook was drafted but I don't know if he played right away I don't think he did no and Keith was drafted but he didn't play till like two thousand five I think. Uh, Adrian O'Coin. Yes. Um, wait, Marty. Wait. No, that's wrong. Is it? Damn. Yeah. Marty Lapointe. <laughs> uh, when when was Amante traded? Or oh, did he trade? I think it was oh, the two. year before. Yeah. So is Jamnoff on that team? Were we right about that? Jamnoff was on this team. Did they have Peter Bondra? 
No, not yet. That was later down. 500 <laughs> goal scorer, Peter Bondra. <laughs> I, no, I nobody I, acknowledged I, that when we were talking about 500 goal scores automatically get you to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who's on that team. I have no idea. All right. So our leading scorer that year with 55 points. Eric Daze. Tyler Arneson. Oh, Tyler Arneson. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Second, second goal scorer or point getter with 47 points. Brian Ber- Brian Bernard. 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 Mark Bell. Tomo Rutu. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sullivan. Kyle Calder. Yeah, now it's ringing a bell. <laughs> Nathan Dempsey. Yeah. Scott Nickel. Um, Al Jamnov. Robidas. Stefan Robidas. Uh, Eric Daze. Our goalie. Who was our goalie that year? I have no idea. Six of them. <laughs> I have zero clue. I don't know. Craig Anderson. Okay, yeah. 22-year-old Craig Anderson. <laughs> Michael Layden, Jocelyn Tebow, Steve Passmore, Anna Monroe, and yeah. Matt Underhill. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I've never heard that name before in my life. He played one game, and it was a loss. We were 20, 51, and 11 that year. Oh, I'm sorry, 20, 43, 11, and 8 for 59 points. This is when ties were still a thing. Hmm. That's, that's, uh... that's crazy, man. So, yeah, I mean, we're on pace for that that type of season here. So, it's we a will. Very forgettable uh, one. Yeah, we will see what happens. And that was very forgettable with two of the most rememberable pl- or iconic players in this franchise history. That's that's what's crazy to me. Um, all right, moving over to NHL talk. Halfway point. It's a little bit past the halfway point for the rest of the league as well, but we're still going to give out half halfway uh, halfway awards. So we're going to get out the the Hart, the Norris, and the Vesna. Um, what, where do you want to start? Uh, Norris, Eric Carlson, easy, easy pick even though he's a minus six he's on a he's on a terrible team he's got 58 points in 45 games he's so good he's almost a, he's almost at assist per, per game and i got that beautiful jersey now because of him <laughs> he's so good dude. I, I am so i just i really hope that like this is him like back like he is back because he's so fucking awesome to watch play hockey he better be back, especially if San Jose thinks that they're going to trade him for three first-round picks and yeah. only retain 18% of his salary. Hey, man, that's a, you get a $9.5 million Carlson for four years, and if he's playing at this level, it's very worth it. Would you rather have a, a Eric Carlson at 9.5 for four more years or Seth Jones at 9.5 for four more years? Just four. Just four. Are I Okay, I would love rather have an EK65. But I'm not giving up three first rounds for him. Oh no! What if we were? What if we gave up just Seth Jones? <laughs> yeah, straight up. That's it. That's it. <laughs> have to sweeten that deal a little bit. Um, I think. I mean, I think if they get that, there's going to be some heavy conditions on two of those later first rounds. I think there's going to have to oh, be just probably top ten protected. There's got yeah. There's got to be something because, like I said, my biggest thing with it is I hope he's back. And I hope this is just the start of him, like his great comeback story. But one good Ottawa. season, 
one good season you're gonna you're gonna expect that much of a return on him to me that's so much too much of a gamble that's I mean, obviously, I, I obviously, see, it's starting here's, point it's here's just, the thing uh, is I don't I don't see it as one good season. I see it as him being the guy again. This is the first season without Brent Burns. True. Fair. It's him being the guy. Like if you need somebody to create this offense and you and like that's the thing, like they were sharing between the two of them, Brent Burns and Eric Carlson. They were still putting up points, but they weren't the same when it was Carlson in Ottawa and Brent Burns and San Jose both being Norris fucking trophy candidates because they're putting up like point per game seasons. Like now they're separated again and he's going back to a point per fucking game season. Like he's so worth it, dude. Like <laughs> I still, yeah, I don't know. I'm still kind of would be hesitant on that. And I'm going with my Norris for the true definition of it as the best defensive defenseman. Jake McCabe. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rasmus Dahlin. He is having a great offensive year, and he's also plus 16 right now. Um, oh, really? He's finally turning it up and kind of turned into that that player that I think Buffalo's expecting once they drafted him. Well, he was Isn't he player. only like 22 years old? He's young, I think. How many points does he have right now? 48. 48. He's 22, yeah. So 20. it's like. Yeah, 13 goals, 35 assists. And again, use that as a perfect example of why you don't rush these prospects because 22, 23, 24, that's like the age group for defensemen to really come into their own. And it's and it's showing right here. Um, all right, let's switch over to let's go, let's go with the um let's go with Vesna, just because we'll stick with we'll keep the offense for last. But I think this one is I think this is an easy one. Oh yeah, I think it's already so, won, and there's no even reason to even nominate three, two other people for this one. Yeah, Linus Allmark is having the most insane season. It's stupid. Twenty three, two and one, uh, nine three six save percentage, uh, one nine two goals against average, two only two shutouts, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Surprised by that stat, but he, it's unreal. Like in a year that seems like goaltending is taking such a step back. It just feels like there's not a, like there's obviously good goalies, but it just, it doesn't yeah. feel like how it's been before where you're like, Oh shit. These guys are are awesome. Like we talk about this with our fantasy league. It's like, we each got one goalie that we're confident and everybody else is kind of like, we're trying to figure out who we can have for that second guy, trying to find yeah. somebody to fill in, but it's, it's always rotating. And like yeah. every Sunday, it's like, I got to drop somebody for whoever's fucking playing basically. Right. Exactly. So yeah, I think, yeah, it's absolutely insane. And then there's really, like I said, there's I no mean, reason to. I mean, the, and the second half of the season can completely change things, but right now, like he's, yeah. he's running away with it. If you, Hellebuck too. Is yeah, that, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Like Connor Hellebuck has more of a history of playing really well for the whole season. Um, Boston has kind of just been on this unreal tear for the whole first half of the season. If they keep it up, like, yeah, obviously, like they're going to be like cup favorites, but it's been half a season. It's going to be real hard to keep that kind of shit going. Like he's only got two losses in regulation. Something's going to happen. Yeah, something's going to happen. Right. But it's and he's never performed this well before. So, you know, like water always finds its level. So yeah. who knows? Maybe the second half of the season, like he completely eats it 
and has a Bennington style season and fucking goes two and 23 instead. Like, and all of a sudden he's like 500. I don't know. Um, I but, think they need to really maybe let Swayman take a couple more starts here and there and, and not try to overload him going into the play. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, up a little bit. Cause I mean, even Swayman, he has got, a 10, three and three record, nine, nine, 12 save percentage and two thirty five goals against average. Like that's a fucking great one, two right there. And he started the season pretty, pretty poorly. That's why they were, they really were relying on um, fucking Allmark for a long time. And he still kind of has been like the most reliable. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm excited. Just like, if he keeps it up, that's like an insane season, but I don't think it will happen just because he's never done it before yeah and nobody really expected it all right heart mcdavid it's like i don't know how you say anyone else besides Connor mcdavid yeah he's already got 83 points that's fucking stupid here's my question though let me let me ask you this and kind of go back to the ek65 conversation He's doing <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to say this. Um yeah. McDavid, what McDavid is doing is what's expected. McDavid's doing McDavid things, you know. He's shooting 20% right now. It's fucking ridiculous. 183 shots and shoots 20%. Is it McDavid's doing McDavid things? Eric Carlson is doing ridiculous shit on a team that is not competing. Mm. Yep. And it's like at what point does I mean the heart Hart does go to the player that means the most to you, to his team. Yeah. Carlson also only has two less assists than McDavid right now. Right. Like on a team that is not doing well. If if Edmonton lost McDavid, they still have Dreisaitl. Yeah. If San Jose lost Carlson, who do they got? Mark I'm, not saying, I'm, not saying, I'm, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it's just it's an interesting to me, it's an interesting way to look at the the Hart trophy too, because it's like it's always an argument against McDavid because he's always the best. Right. And it's but just going to see like the whole take. It's like, it goes to the Norris stuff. It's like, it's like, yeah, best player in the league, but it's like, that's not the, the, the award. It's the player, right. the best player, the, the player that does most the most valuable to their team. Yeah. That's it. That's the heart. I get it. But I mean, I totally understand. Like, I mean, Jason Robertson is another player. that Paige Thompson. H. Thompson, yeah. Like, there's so many players that are – their teams would not be near where they're at if it wasn't for those guys. Even Mikkel Ratanen, I know he's 10th in the league in points, but it's like without him and him having a solid season, Colorado is fucked. Yeah. They, they have a much, like, steeper hill to climb. Food for thought. I mean, not saying – I, I agree with you 100%. It's McDavid. McDavid's 100% the MVP or yeah. heart trophy, but just – Good for thought. I don't know. Interesting. But like right. I mean, I don't think there's a chance that he ends up I mean, I guess there is a chance that he ends up not getting the rocket too, because Pasternak has two fewer goals. But man, I if McDavid hits 60, like that's I think that's such a possibility. 45 games played right now at 37 goals. So stupid. So stupid. It's, it's the dumbest thing is like he's one 
just good game away from getting like five extra points. Uh-huh. And it's so possible. <laughs> how many it, how many games has him and Drysaddle put up six plus points this year? Oh, I don't know. There's, there's, there's been like a handful. There's, there's been a handful of them. Like he, I, I don't know if it was a, if it was four, but it was McDavid has the same amount of games with zero points as he has with like four points or something like that this year. <laughs> like, it's something stupid. It's so dumb. All right. Jesus. Um, surprises or like a storyline that you've been really enjoying this season? Uh, surprises. I mean, Boston's a huge surprise. Just, I thought this, I mean, it seems like it was just going to be like their last dance and like they are really fucking tearing it up as much as I hate to say it. Um, Have a way to go out if it is their last dance. Yeah. It, I, the thing that makes me happy is the fact that Pasternak's doing so well and he's in a career year and like this could end up like if you don't want to pay this guy, like he is going to have 31 teams going to offer him as much as they possibly can. Like every three goals he scores, I'm like, Oh, that's another zero to his contract coming up. <laughs> right. He's third in the league right now in points tied with Nikita Kucherov, who is criminally underpaid, but because he's in Tampa, like it's, it sucks. <laughs> like that's how that works. So Oh my god! Like I don't see how he makes like, anything less than twelve. So that's great. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like mentioned earlier, Winnipeg, Florida. It just being like a fucking flop this year yeah, has been that's pretty a huge surprise. I thought they were going to put up a little bit more of a fight. I mean, New Jersey just still being competitive. Started the season really strong. Still one point, still one point it. behind Carolina for that. Division spot. Yeah, Carolina's solid. Well, that's also because Jack Hughes is on a a fucking tear right now. They've won five in a row right now. Um, Toronto just quietly just sticking around the top five in the league. That's all they need to do. They they don't need to be making headlines every week. They honestly, like, their, their offense is spread. They're not. They're, it's not like, oh, how many goals is Austin Matthews going to score this year? Because he's not even like in the top five in goals right now. Um, they're all they're pretty evenly spread points wise with like their top guys. They're just doing. They're doing what they need to do right now. Yeah. Um, Trying to look at what Jack. I think Jack Hughes has something ridiculous of like nineteen points in his last like ten games or something like twenty plus points in his last ten games. He's so good, man. Yeah, he's, he's if, like we've said this before, man. The future of hockey is is in such good hands, and I am so excited to just see where this game goes and just feel absolutely shitty about myself for never get coming close to the skill level of people playing hockey. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you hit it on the head with all the surprises and 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 storylines. Um. A couple quick notes, real quick, and we're gonna wrap this up here. Um, Ovechkin, yep, it's goal number thirty on the season. Why is that significant? The seventeenth time in his career that he scored thirty goals. Wow. Fucking, fucking stupid stats. Yeah, he's tied for the I guess like career most seasons with thirty goals right now at seventeen with Mike Gardner. So if he does it again next year, which is, I mean, to. very likely because he's hit 30 in basically half a season this year, 
has a chance of hitting fucking 50 again. He's like, legit. He's legit going to get close enough where we're all going to sit here all next season. Huh. He might break it this year. Yeah. He's going to be that asshole. Like, if, he, if he, like, honestly, he, if he starts a season out with like six goals in four games, it's going to be like, oh, he's going to do it. <laughs> he's at 810 right now with 30. So he needs 85. 36 games to play this year. And he, if he hits 50, so he's at 810. So he gets, he hits 20 more. He's going to be 830. So he needs, oh, would that be 65 goals next year? That's going to be rough. <laughs> it's going to be rough, but it, at the same time, because it's Ovechkin, people are going to be like, it's possible. Yeah. But like I said, I'm sticking with my early 24-25 season. I think yeah. that's it's happening early on then. Be sick if it was against like Edmonton or New York or LA or something like that against one of his Gretzky's old teams. But... He's oh he only had one season of less than thirty and it's because it was the shortened fucking season. How dumb! How stupid is that shit, man? Like he could have had this already. He has been screwed so much because his draft year got pushed back one. He has two shortened season or three shortened seasons now. God, he could have fucking had it already. I guarantee it. Hundred percent. He scores fifty two in his rookie year. You're telling me he doesn't score at least like forty if he starts a year sooner. Oh, dude, yeah, he's breaking the record this year. Maybe, yeah, even maybe even it would have been broken already yeah. because you would have the extra two shortened, three shortened seasons played full out com- or played completely. Like Jesus. Um, other notes: David Krejci, thousand NHL games played. Oh um, yeah. I think he's the thirteenth Czech born player to do that. That's pretty pretty good. You'll start um, to probably see a lot of more of that. There's a lot of highly touted Czech guys right now. Like yeah. Pavel Zaka was you, saying his parents texted him. Oh yeah, we're we're watching the game today. And he was like, Oh, that's awesome. He goes, Yeah, I mean, it's not often you get to see a thousand a thousand games played by a, a Czech player. So his Pavel Zaka's parents were even watching for Krejci, not for their son, which is hilarious to me. That's really funny. Um and the last thing I have on my list here is the most like what the fuck has I never? Okay, wait. What? What? Evander Kane is playing tonight. Is it for sure? Because I know that there was a question, but oh, I thought I saw that he he like was. Is it confirmed? Okay, maybe NHL just didn't update their shit. Cause um, because I thought he was practicing. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. He's activated from LTIR. So he's he'll be playing today. That's so it's just so weird. They were originally saying middle March. Two months. Two months or nine weeks. That's crazy. That's that's nuts. Um and then okay, so the last thing that I have here is um came out that Robin Laner had to file bankruptcy. Because of debts owed due to his exotic snake farm. Yes. Fucking goalies, man. What is wrong yeah. with you guys? Did you, did you hear? I, I had read like other things about it. You want to know what else is kind of like even weirder <laughs> about this situation? Sad. So he had agreed to purchase, to make this purchase from a person. 
and he was going to do like $100,000, like, I think it was like monthly payments. Um, and the guy that he was buying these exotic snakes from ended up getting murdered by his wife. And then Robin Laner was like, oh, I guess I don't have to pay this guy anymore. <laughs> and got sued. <laughs> What and the, the wife is, is like, and then that wife is like in prison. <laughs> it's just so, it's like some Tiger King type fucking shit, dude. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, what the hell? What is wrong with goalies, man? Why can't you guys just be normal? God, where would the fun be in that, dude? I forgot who said it in our friend chat, but Brett Burns definitely should have been a goalie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But all right, um, so this is a long, long episode, but episode 209, what are we calling it? Halfway to Bedard. Halfway to Bedard. All right, I like it. All right, so make sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, social media at WCB Podcast. And, yeah, we'll see you on the next one. All right. Love Bye. Thanks for listening to the WCB podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast. To connect with Jerem and Tanner, check out the boys at WCB podcast on all social media. We'll see you next time.